Hello. Welcome, everyone, to the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the horror movie podcast where we talk about films off the Rotten Tomatoes 200 Best Horror Movies of All Time list. My name is Clay, and with me, as always, is Amanda. How are you doing, Amanda? I am pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This is a, a bit of a special episode that, that is going to count. We were, I was trying to decide if this should count towards our total, and I think it's going mm. to because it's a movie that's on our list. Yes. We recorded this episode last year at Halloween for part of our uh, Patreon uh, uh, content. We did it with Wes, the uh, resident overlord of the Penske file, <laughs> and it is for a movie called The Platform which came out in 2019. It's number 175 on our list. So, we're going to play a quick <laughs> we're going to play the trailer real quick and uh, we'll be back in 1 second. Hay tres clases de personas. Los de arriba, los de abajo, los que caen. Hello, yo. Sí, el hoyo. ¿Y usted sabe en qué consiste esto del hoyo? Obvio. Comer. ¿Qué vamos a comer? Lo que le sobra a los de arriba. Es asqueroso. ¿Hay mucha más gente abajo? Dentro de poco habrá menos. ¿Que era una persona? Pues claro que era una persona. ¡Es que nadie va a hacer nada! Si todo el mundo comiera solo lo que necesita, la comida llegaría al nivel más bajo. Ayúdame a bajar. El hambre desata la locura. Tiene buen corazón. No creo que sobreviva usted mucho tiempo. Okay, the platform. Uh, Amanda, what happens in the platform? Clay, you're going to love this synopsis. Oh, I hope are it's you, short. Are you ready? There's a platform and people on it. In the future, prisoners housed in, a, in vertical cells watch as inmates in the upper cells are fed while those below starve. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> I mean, it's maybe, you know, kind of pushing aside a little bit of the nuance and mm. the character aspects mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the thematic commentary on consumerism. Yeah. And Not selling me, which is yeah. ironic because the movie goes on that stuff so hard. Yes. That, uh, yeah. I guess for the synopsis, <laughs> they just decided to let Let's it breathe a bit. super literal and very uh, low level for mm-hmm. the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and for this, I couldn't I couldn't really remember much of what happened in this because we... we <laughs> excessive uh, cannibalism. Excessive cannibalism. We, we l- recorded it last year, so I've forgotten some of the details. But I do mm. remember there is poop throwing, food throwing, people throwing, and questionable parenting. So... <laughs> Which you would not expect to get in a movie like this, given that it takes place in a prison. Yes. But it's there. There is. It's there, actually there. There is. There's We're not even stretching for this one. Multiple children? 
Uh, I don't remember if there were multiple, but there's at least one. Yeah, this is a great yes. intro for this. <laughs> um, anyway, so the precision <laughs> and detail that we are known for. Usually, I like to do these things, <laughs> these intros for the mo- the episodes we're going to release sometime later. Yes, at the time. Yes, but I forgot about this, so. <laughs> Um, we're going to, uh, pass it over to the discussion we did with Wes about the platform and we will see you at the end. Bye. I don't know if either of you have tried to poop on someone from 10 feet up, but I doubt <laughs> the fact that it can be with this done with this level of accuracy to hit someone like a Nerf gun right well, in the face. <laughs> you know, yeah, there was I mean, some if, force behind that. If you're stuck down there. I'll be honest. If I was stuck in that place for as long as these seem, people seem to be, I, I, I'm not above poop target practice. No, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> like, hopefully I'm gonna not get below to it. That hopefully point. not below it either. I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna get to that point. <laughs> it's a big wow. hole begging for you, and you just have to you have to build you have to build up the incredible flatulence to just be able to release on a, on a dime on just like on a moment's yeah. notice just bullet I right think I was also. more impressed by her just being able to sort of do it on command <laughs> yeah it was it like wasn't, she was I mean, ready it wasn't just a it wasn't just like it fell and hit him on the head it was like a, a cannon <laughs> shot it just got him right in the face and it like blinded him he had to run to the uh, oh to the God. sink and like get it and, and control himself anyway and based on what they were eating he should just have been thankful that it was a solid. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's a lot of sugar. A lot of diabetics. We're here to talk about, um, I was going to say the Spanish name. What the hell? It's called The Platform, but it's called El Hoyo in uh, Spanish. And it's yep. The Platform on Netflix. Uh, it's a 79% tomatometer made rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's 71% on the audience score. But we're doing this as a special uh, limited time offer for patrons. So everyone who has joined up by Halloween has access to this. No one else is going to get access to this. So welcome, patrons. Maybe there's some new patrons. And welcome to our faithful old patrons. Let me give a quick breakdown of what this is, and then we'll get into it. The Platform, El Hoyo, is a 2019 Spanish science fiction horror film directed by Galder Getzetuuritia. I butchered that, but whatever. The film is <laughs> Nailed it. a large tower, Nailed it. <laughs> large tower style <laughs> quote-unquote, vertical self-management center. Its residents, who are switched every 30 days between its many floors, are fed via a platform which, initially filled with food at the top floor, gradually descends through the tower's level, stopping for a fixed amount of time on each. The system inevitably leads to conflict as all the residents at the top levels get to eat as much as they want, with each level getting only the leftovers from the previous ones. It premiered at the 2019 Toronto International Film Festival. It won the People's Choice Award. It was The Rock's favorite movie. That year at TIFF, the film also secured a worldwide streaming deal with Netflix, and it came out on March 20th, 2020. So we watched the platform. People voted for this one. Um, some people said oh. they liked it, they, or the, some people said that they voted for it because they were familiar with it. I was just looking for sci-fi horror, uh, sci-fi horror movies, and this was one of the top ones that came up on a Google search. Either of you heard about it before? I, yes. I had... <laughs> Uh, my girlfriend's brother had actually watched it, and this is very much – I wouldn't call this his kind of movie. Um, so listening to him explain it to me, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't really know if I would be too in- interested in this. <laughs> um, and the other movie that was on the list was for, for this was Underwater, and I was really hoping that was going to win because that was a movie – that's one I've been wanting to see, and I need, just wanted an excuse to watch it. Um, I'm glad this one won. I enjoyed this. 
Yeah, I I liked it, and it, it gave me a lot to think about. I suppose, like I I, w- I wasn't sure if I really enjoyed it, but I I think it did a lot really well. It's probably my my favorite of this kind of Netflix movie. There's a lot of movies like this on Netflix. Mm. I feel like um, Cube is one. There's one like the yeah. room, the Room Yo, or something Cube. is another one. Yeah, uh, where they're kind of similar. I thought that this one was actually the best constructed and best made if not particularly interesting at the same time like that that's my vague takeaway but amanda what did you think about it yeah i i I agree with a lot of what you just said wes um especially the part where you said i that you didn't necessarily enjoy it because i i the thing i keep thinking is like I disliked this less than I thought I was going to. <laughs> just based like, on just based on the idea of what it is. Yeah, the idea and the summary cuz like I I had heard of this um before and it just seemed to me like something that I think uh the movie Snowpiercer did more interestingly. Mm. That's See, that's of- That's funny cuz I didn't particularly like Snowpiercer and I think I like uh, this more than Snowpiercer. Clay, this is where we diverge. <laughs> Yeah. I haven't seen Snowpiercer. I'm familiar with it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, I it's a it's a more horizontal version of this show. Yeah. <laughs> and then like moving instead of stationary. Yeah. But that that's the if I have one thing to praise about this movie, I thought it moved pretty well in terms of how mm. limited of a setting they have. I was like my experience watching this was I'm like, oh, this is one of these kind of Netflix movies. I, I know how this is going to go. So it, it opens with a bang, right? You get this great introduction where you're like, all right, I'm in this world. I understand exactly what the problem is. And then uh, he gets captured by his first roommate, right? And he's tied down and the guy's going to eat him. And then mm-hmm. the woman appears, right? And saves him. And I'm like, oh, fuck. This is going to be the movie where they team up and they escape this place for the rest of the movie, right? Mm, I'm not interested right, in watching yeah. that happen. I don't give a fuck about any of that happening. Fortunately, yeah. she leaves. And I think that her leaving and the movie not going down that path that I expected really elevated it. And I was, I was surprised for how much, um, how similar the setting is and everything. And the, the, the struggle is always the same in each month and each floor. They really managed to make different scenes out of every time that it changed. And so I was, I was impressed by that. And it's, it's kind of the, the setting of it and the, the gimmick behind the moving the floors is maybe the best idea that the movie has. Um, and I thought that they, they wrung a lot out of it in a way that I was impressed in a way that I, I don't think things like Cube or the other Netflix movies that are like this accomplish that all that well. They have a great concept but mm. kind of fall apart halfway. Uh, this mm. one this one maintained for me. Well, I was um, – <clears throat> when it started, I was, I was midway into rolling my eyes because I was like, okay, this movie should have been titled The Metaphor, not so much The Platform. Because <laughs> they, they just – they hit you with it. Right in the nose, yeah. right as 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 on the nose as you could possibly be, <clears throat> and I was worried that it was just going to be like ninety minutes of uh, of just hammering that home. And while it's isn't it while the, isn't it though? well it is <laughs> yeah. it is, but I the the metaphor kind of like opens up enough that you could you kind of get into the world a little bit, and like I found myself more interested in what was going on. Like, I, I didn't feel like I was constantly being hit in the head. You know what I mean? I felt uh, there was enough interesting things and the characters were interesting and the movement was interesting um, that I felt like the front-loading, the metaphor aspect kind of let them just sort of play in the world of, of this prison that they were in a little bit more. 
Yeah, I think one of the smartest things this movie does is um, move the main character, uh, Goreng, to, like, Mm. different roommates. Because I was initially kind of like, oh, God, it's just going to be, like, 80 minutes of him and... um, The old man, uh, Tarot. Yeah, Trimagasi. Trimagasi, yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to be just 80 minutes of the two of them sort of, like, will they or won't they kill each other? And are they going to help each other or are they going to hurt each other? And then it's going to be like 45 minutes of just like insane violence as somebody tries to escape. Probably uh, the main character and the uh, the woman, um, Miharu, I think. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Um, uh, it is Miharu. Miharu. Yeah. Miharu. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was really I was really glad when it was sort of like, <laughs> when is it like 30 or 35 minutes in? And it's like, nope, that first roommate is dead. And yeah. we are moving on to somebody new. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. I, you, Maybe I can last through this movie. You know, what actually got me into it was how quickly they got to the cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> Clay, when, is just, when, Clay is constantly chomping at the bit for the cannibalism. Well, I feel like in a movie like this. So let's, when I when my girlfriend's brother was telling me about it, he's explaining the concept and he's explaining the thing with the platform and the food and blah, 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 blah. And I said, hold on a second. There, it's people, right? Are they? Are they? Is there? Are there? Is there cannibalism going on? He's like, yeah, there is. I'm like, yeah, of course there is. All <laughs> these movies, every time that they make a story like this with this sort of metaphor, it always ends up with people eating each other. Um, spoilers for every movie like this. Um, <laughs> uh, and all, so I'm just gonna sit down and watch a live after this podcast. Hopefully, I'm oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I know you don't care about spoilers, Wes, but when he was explaining it to me, all I was thinking about was Snowpiercer. And the punchline towards the end of Snowpiercer is the food that is sustaining the, the train that everybody's on is, is yeah. people. Soiling green is people. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. Um, so, so I knew that was coming. But the way that they got there and how early it showed up got me back into the movie because it wasn't like a – it wasn't like, oh – isn't it awful how this guy has been beaten down for 90 minutes and in the last third of this movie he's resulted to cannibalism just showing how he has now been broken by the system no this happens like 20 minutes into the movie yeah so he's broken actually, by the system promptly there's actually yeah, a scene yeah. where he's he's talking to his initial old roommate and the old the, he's questioning like what did you do for food and i was like oh they're going to hint at cannibalism for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. but the guy just goes i fucking ate him <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Yeah. like okay good I'm, I'm glad we got that yeah. out of the Look, way i didn't kill him i didn't kill him he jumped and then i he ate hit his him. head he slipped yeah. on a banana yeah. peel that i had left laying there and he cracked his head and i had to eat him there was nothing else to i'm do. not like, a murderer i'm just a cannibal and that and the fact that that was so up towards the front made me go oh they have more stuff to do in this movie then if they're if they're playing the cannibalism card this early in the movie there's other stuff going on so i was happy that they got that out of the way quickly um and then from that point on i did think that it went in a bunch of ways that i mean i wasn't i didn't find it particularly predictable no uh for the for the most part and um, i find the ending the ending i find I would say the ending is a little bit predictable and it's a letdown, but there's no better way to really end it. You know, he just, he goes down to the bottom and that's kind of it. But I was, I, I was, um, I don't feel like they really knew how to end the movie. 
It's one of those uh, unendable movies, isn't it? Like, what's he going to do? Yeah. Bust out into the top floor and kick that cake baker guy in the teeth and be like, let me out of here <laughs> right. or something? There's, right. there's nothing to do. Yeah. No, he goes all the way back up to the top to yell at the chef who got a hair in one of the food dishes. <laughs> there's something very asmr about that guy walking around, like, touching his, like, uh, puddings or whatever and, like, yes. looking at the stuff. <laughs> what, what doesn't it, isn't the first scene with that, what's the, what's the name of that dessert? I can't remember. They said it a million oh, times. Oh, the Panna yeah, Panna yeah, where he's like just holding the plate and just like tapping it, and you're just watching it jiggle like <laughs> yeah. ever so slightly. Gotta be perfect, Clay. You got an ass like that. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh I I like this one mostly because, as you guys are saying, I think it was it was unpredictable to me. I thought that the the moving floors gimmick is the genius of this movie because if you don't do that. You open up where these guys are at the bottom, right? And they're they're not getting food because it's not making it down to them. And the whole thing is about like people, you know, the people above you. It's this really sort of lazy metaphor about um, society where it's just people above you aren't letting you get anything. The trickle down doesn't work. Reaganomics doesn't work, whatever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then when they move, the the characters that move all have this really strong argument that it's like, no, fuck it. We're on top now. We need to eat and survive Mm -hmm. here. And it's sort of, um, the metaphor moves away from what I was fearful was going to be a really clumsy allegory about just like class structure. And it turns it into more of a, what kind of morality holds humans together and like, when will it fail on people? And Mm -hmm. I think that's just way more interesting. And I, 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 like I, I think that the other way to look at it, the other way of looking at it as a class thing is also very on the nose and it's obviously there to talk about. But the 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 glee that people have about moving between the floors is what really makes the movie pop for me. Yeah. And it's also a power thing, too, because, I mean, the food is in, in a certain way. You he kind of. um the the older guy at the beginning kind of spells it out where like well of course the people at the, on the top are going to spit on us just like we spit on the people below us and th- there's a shifting power dynamic that kind of that you see when the people who are lower d- do get put up top they do exercise that new power that they have they have the food they're not going to give it to anybody else they're going to eat as much as they can yeah and i thought i really thought that was a really um great addition to this uh this metaphorical setup that they had going. Um, and I, I, I really thought um, the most interesting character for me was uh, the woman with the dog. I, I found her really fascinating because she's someone who understands how the system is supposed to work, quote unquote, even though it's not, it's not actually built to, to be successful because there's just not enough food, no matter how well you, you, parse it out is that true i think um, i thought they make the point that there is enough food if people only shared well that's what she says but the, uh, yeah, i think she, she she says there's 200 levels yeah so she doesn't even know that there's another 100 levels beneath it sure um so by her understanding if if the system works the way it's supposed to everybody should have enough to 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 make it through and so having her in there trying to trying to teach everybody else how it works and then being semi-successful, but only after the guy threatens to beat the shit out of everybody or whatever, or piss <laughs> on him or whatever. Shit on like, all the food. I, yeah, 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 shit on all the food, yeah. yeah. I, I, I found that 
really interesting seeing that character inserted in the situation as someone who knows how the system works, has chosen to be put into it, and is trying to get it to work the way it's supposed to, ultimately failing, obviously, but... Yeah, just, just all she can do is just uh, just yell at the at the people down below who aren't uh, listening to her. Um, I I also I just the, the the structure of it, the movie itself is really what works for me here because I I was very fearful it was just going to be pontificating for a very long time about this and then mm-hmm. you you know he busts out or he he does something or it ends the way that it actually ends and they um I think they just do a What's interesting is it can it can kind of be seen through a lot of different lenses. There's a there's a version where, um, you know, he calls the guy a communist because he wants to split all the food equally. Right. With him. Yes. Yeah. But there's also a version of it's it's this sort of left wing version where no one the communist I guess, but the left wing version is that like no one deserves where they end up on the pyramid or on the tower. So there's no. Mm-hmm. There's a total randomness to where you end up and like what you get out of that, which I think is vital to the plot. But it's also, I was I was kind of surprised that they didn't have a internal game structure where you could game your way up to higher levels against each mm. other. And mm. that to me seems more like the prism of a right wing viewpoint, which is that you can get what you earn as and mm. and once right, you get right. there, it's yours for the taking. Yeah, right, but having yeah. that like built in structure of there is at least a chance. In w- in which version you mean for the for the in, in in the version you were saying like you were surprised there isn't a way you can sort of compete or like game your way into a better position right yeah yeah like yeah the fact that there's an absence of that I think is what lends this or a level of like interest where there is no there's no rhyme or reason it's not because one inmate is worse than the other that they end up on level 180 they're just moved there. Right? Every month. His crime is that yeah. he's trying to quit smoking and he gets stuck with people who are eating right. each other. <laughs> yeah. So so here's here's my uh, my problems with this movie <laughs> revolve around some questionable of the, parenting. Questionable parenting, Clay. Um, Very present in this movie. <laughs> not at all present in this movie. Um What are you talking about? There's a woman, she's got the kid who's on level to sorry, I was drinking water. <laughs> well, I'm not doing a Cosby impression. I guess why why did she lose the kid? She just she's just why did she get separated from the kid in the first place? Is it even her kid? Yeah, it's it's unclear. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. the kid's sorry. Go the ahead. kid Go is ahead, obviously Amanda. a metaphor by the end of it. <laughs> right. The kid is she's the message. That's right. Mm-hmm. She is the mm-hmm. she is the cake. She is the panna cotta. <laughs> no, but like like so okay, our 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 protagonist voluntarily enters this system in order to earn a college degree. Yeah. I am confused. He, his rationale for going in is bad or the advertising for this place is terrific. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> well, I guess it's, sorry. I was just going to say, I, uh, I, I want to get into that a little bit, how much I appreciated how, how little you know about the outside world. Um, but go ahead. Yeah, you, well, you know very little, and it's it's almost surprising that they show you the chefs up top who are preparing the mm. food for everybody. Um, I I guess it's supposed to be just a metaphor of this guy is supposed to be a he's kind of old, but he's supposed to be like a college student, or he's supposed to be someone new to the universe of like this is the life of um I don't want to call it capitalism, but it's like this is the life of like competitive. Uh, 
capitalism. Sort of, but it's <laughs> eating. It, it's more. It's 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 less about capitalism and more about competitive society, I suppose, because. Mm. Um, he's trying to make his way into it and he kind of just doesn't realize what he is. So he goes in kind of naive and he ends up in this sort of random slot that he's been put into. And I guess that's really supposed to be it. I, I, I think the only problem I have with it is that he's a little bit old for that, maybe. I don't know if he should be younger, but at the same time, I don't want to see a kid in there. I don't know if a kid makes sense. You kind of need a, mm. a wizened uh, moralist to be the central character. I don't know what you guys yeah. thought. Yeah. I guess I'm I'm just stuck on the like you you know usually I'm a big fan of like cut to the chase we don't need all of the like expository information mm-hmm. but it's so specific and it's made into such a big point that he's there to get his degree like Trimagasi kind of like ribs him about it a bunch um, and then the woman with the dog is the one who did his sort of application interview or whatever you want to call it so. It's clearly important that that's his reasoning for being there. And I understand that it's important because it makes us as audience members more likely to find him a sympathetic character because he's not there because he did something horrible. Mm. Um, But it just seems kind of like 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 they just used that as like a an unexplained way of circumventing the fact that this is a prison (laughs) and like Yes. Logically well, speaking, the main character should end up there because he did something bad, but it's hard to empathize with a main character who's done something bad enough to end up in a prison like this. Well, the thing that I, I found really fascinating was that it's not like it's the like you're saying, Wes, the advertising apparently is just really good because it's advertised as like a self-help center. Yeah, they call it self, not self-management. A, yeah. Um, I think uh, I think the... I think if if you're looking at it through the uh, the narrative cone of vision thing here, it's like <laughs> as soon as you take two steps outside of this place, you start going like, okay, how come there's no like regulation on this? Who runs this? Who I all these people are dying in here? Who are in here for different reasons? So I think I think my interviewer is dressed say, like a Nazi, wearing like just a yeah. brown uniform. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think I think saying he's in there for a degree might have just been like the wrong choice of words because i was thinking like it, it could have been like it, this is a f- sci-fi movie it takes place in the future would it have changed anything if he was like uh yeah if i get it, what after after i get out of here i'll get six million credits or some shit like that mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's just something he's he's trying he's in there for something staying in there if he wins the game quote unquote he'll get whatever when he gets out the other side see i um i, I think the rationale sorry to interrupt do, sorry do you no, want to finish your thing no i'm good I, I think it symbolizes he's supposed to be educated, right? Like he's supposed to be a yeah, educated a person yeah. and he's being thrown into something where breaking him is to say, fuck your education, basically, because mm. what is mm. what good is all this book learning going to do for you when you don't have enough food and everyone is clawing at you? Where When, when society breaks down, what that really means is like your your systematic education has fallen apart at that point. So now that we're just animals in this place, he has to be... That's why... That's why you have to go, as the president said, to real school, not book school. <laughs> the, the, mean, the, 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 the mean streets. I, I think that's what it's supposed to be. He's supposed to be the sort of like hold on society. He, he represents mm. society like operating when things are working well. And he's thrown into a place where it's not operating well. 
And that's the only sense of morality that he has is because he's like, no, we're not supposed to act like this. Like we're learned people. We're supposed to be better than this. And the situation mm. makes everyone not better than that. And it's him fighting against it. Well, mm. he never he never tries to like there's no moment really, at least I can't remember one, where he tries to impart that on anybody. Is there? It's not is there really they have kind of a morality back and forth with his first roommate, but it never gets to the point where he stands up and like espouses those beliefs. You know? No, I think he I think it's just done through him standing up to almost every character. Like, well, he sure. doesn't stand up to a lot of them, but he he operates as like either he's the beacon for the the black guy who he teams up with at the mm-hmm. end. Like he's the sort of shining light for that. And then he's antagonistic towards the first guy uh, because they most strongly disagree. And then he's with the woman. He's more. Um, she is the uneducated educated. Like she she thinks she mm. knows something about it, but she can't understand why it's working this way. And he sees through that. And I guess that's their conflict between the two of them. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I um you know, just to jump back a little bit to what you're saying about the structure of everything, I actually the thing that kept popping into my head was that phrase, uh um every every poor person just thinks that they're a temporarily embarrassed millionaire. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the, I kept thinking it, it kept the, the the way everything was set up had that kind of feel where it was like, well, I'm on level I'm on level 97 right now, but I I just have to make it 30 days, and then on the on, at the end of, at the beginning of the next month I could be on level two. You never know, you know. It's like it had that sort of yeah. element where it's that's sort of where the looking down on everybody else kind of comes into play because you you're looking down on everybody else be, not only because you're higher but you think that you are higher you you think that you're you're only going up you know there's no there's no uh uh people are always looking down they're never looking up at the people looking down at them kind of thing you know it's it's yeah. i i i thought it was i thought it was a really nice touch well i mean amanda would you have preferred cuz i think in clay's situation there there needs to be a game gamification between the prisoners where you can judge the people below you. Here, it's just totally random. And I think it works better being random just because it's it, it, it doesn't have to waste time on the judgment factor. But I, I do see a version mm-hmm. of the story where the people who are down there are not getting helped because there is a reason that they're below them. Where here, it's more just... I, I Maybe there's a problem in the structure where I... The the argument of don't eat all the food if you're on the top makes a little bit more sense if there's nothing morally wrong with the people below you. But if the people below mm. you are seen as worse than you, I can see why you're like, no, I'm going to eat their food too because I'm a better person. But the movie doesn't do that. It just you just pig out if you're on the first floor. <laughs> you just go crazy, yeah. and <laughs> you know it's a month long of just gorge fest, and then it all changes. I don't know if you would have preferred one or the other, or if you thought that something was missing from that uh, the setup. No, I, I I think I like the randomness of the fact that everybody can end up on any level and, and your level is not stagnant. Your your level changes. Um, because I do think that if you're if we're talking about this as an allegory for, you know, living in a society where people who have less are kind of looked down on, that's that's true. And that's common. Like the disdain that people have for 
poor people and people on like food stamps and government assistance is real. And it's something that happens in our society in the United States all the time where like other people who have are sort of like in the middle or like towards the lower end of the economic spectrum, we're encouraged to judge the most impoverished of us more harshly even than we judge those who have more than us. So Mm. I don't know. I think the random, I think the random structure works well with that reality because like we live in a world where, you know, you're one medical emergency away from being bankrupt yourself. Like, like the line between having and have not is pretty thin in real life. So I, I like the random structure because I think it duplicates how quickly real circumstances can change for people. And I, I kind of feel like the, the, the woman uh, with the dog kind of shows that the, the randomization of it is necessary. It's, it's necessary for the story, but it, it's the, the randomization is, is what's perpetuating this. Uh, everybody at the top is eating everything and nobody at the bottom is getting anything because she, she's the one that goes out of her way to be like, listen, if we just do it this way, it'll be fine. And she starts to get through to people. And if you're not moving, if nobody's changing uh, status, then eventually I think that message is probably going to get through. Like if you were if you were in cell number one, your first like three days, you're probably stuffing your face. But then you probably come to the point where it's like, you know, maybe we should dial it back so the people below us can have some. I think that probably then would would that message would make its way down. But if you're replacing the people who are at the top with the people who have been starving at the bottom, right? then that takes all the civility and throws it out the window because now you've got hungry dogs at the top who, are, who realize that they've only got 30 days, who haven't eaten for 30 days, and who realize they're going to be not here in 30 days. So they're just going to take what they want and take what they think they need to have and what's theirs and fuck everybody else. So I think... I think that randomization of it is is crucial to that sort of uh, setup. Uh, yeah. And, oh, sorry. No, no. I, I'm gonna. I was gonna go off in a different direction. So go ahead. Just, just briefly. Like, also, if it were the people on the upper levels are not as bad, like they haven't done something as bad. If you extend, right. if you're extending this like metaphor to um, like class warfare and like social mobility it would imply that the people who have more, the people who are wealthier deserve it. Mm-hmm. Like, like for some reason, there's something inherently better about them as people that they get to have this. And yeah. I think way that too. would kind Inher- of fuck up the metaphor. Worse. Yeah. Inherently worse. Yeah, about exactly. the lower. Yeah. Exactly. I think, I think there's another version of this movie that probably doesn't work as well, where, um, everybody is stationary and you're, main character ends up at like level three or something and so he's getting or even even at level one and the difference is they don't see that the the platform is lowering down to the next level so at some point they have to realize oh shit this is the same platform that's going down and then they realize exactly what's happening you know what i mean so it's it's a it's a level of ignorance built into it right right or they think there's only they, they maybe think there's only 10 or 20 levels instead of 300. Yeah, because if 
if you're on level one and you don't realize that this one platform is of food is feeding 200 platforms worth of people, then yeah, you're probably going to stuff your face when you're, when this thing is in front of you and not realize that you are depleting the resources for everybody else. Yeah. It's a, um, uh, it's, it's funny because it's a movie about the class structure, but it's also what I, what I like about it is that it's a, um, it's a movie built around the prisoner dilemma, the, the ethical conundrum Mm. where Mm. two rational people, if given the chance, it's only rational to screw each other over basically. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of a hard thing to describe as the, the thing, but it's, the, the the example is always like two prisoners who are given an opportunity that to cut their sentence in half if they betray the other one or something. But there's there's some incentive to not or the incentive to do, not do it is also there. But in the example of the ethical problem, it's uh, it's only rational if you're acting in your own self interest to hurt the other person to get out mm. of there. And that's that's basically what I think is more interesting about this one. It's the like. If you're in this world, I would have a very hard time with the cooperation aspect, I think, because everything's working against you here to cooperate with other people. Like there's so many other people who are not going to be following the rules, really. It's like the, mm. you know, it's the the problem with any kind of government or whatever or any kind of setup where everything's equal. There's always going to be the people who don't do any of the work for it, but get right. rewarded by it. and this is kind of the same problem in this prison where all it takes is one level to not uh, obey the rules. And then it just cascades all the way down and you have no incentive. I guess their incentive is to survive, but if your incentive is to survive, there's no reason to care about the other people in this place at all. So it's, it's right. I found it frighteningly realistic as to what would happen in this. I find cooperation in this, in this system to be unlikely and probably irrational at the same time. Well, that's that's what I. That's why the uh, the power dynamic thing stood out to me, because if there's one thing that I've I've learned, it's that uh, any anyone given the smallest amount of power will eventually abuse that power. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. Like I the the, the, the story that I've <laughs> yeah, yeah no like there's always there's always people who are gonna just flex their muscles even if they're at like the super low level of power you know it's just like uh, um sean uh murphy who does bat badass with me uh he's the stories he's he's been telling me about the history he he owns a he bought a a big old historical house in maine and so Mm. any changes and stuff he has to do to it uh has to go through the historical society and they just like they just like flexing on him. Yeah. It's really nuts. <laughs> he built this this whole. He got these uh, plans approved for this deck that he was going to build on the back of it. He got them approved by the historical society. He built the deck. Then someone came by and said, "Oh no, this isn't going to do. You're going to have to cut this back by three feet." And it was going to cost him like fifteen thousand dollars or something. Yep. And it was like, <laughs> it's like they're just doing it because they have the power and they they want to flex. And, you know, whether it's uh, selectmen or, shit, student council or the PTA, or whatever, everybody, when they have that power, someone always wants to flex. They always want to flex that muscle. And it's it, I, that's the thing I found the most truthful about this is, is if, you don't have, if you don't have that power, once you're put in position to have it, you're going to be greedy for it and you're just going to flex. Yeah. 
you did something to, I don't think they say it in this, but you did something to deserve getting where you are and you're a better moral arbiter than the people who are not with you. <laughs> so like this, you, you have the, you have the right mindset to make a decision and well, for their survival, you know, it's, it's the, there's just no, I did, I did find the movie most effective in just showing that, that collapse right there of, mm. this is totally rational to act this way. And how scary is that? Even though they give the, even though they do have a thing where you like, you get out of this prison, you know, it's like, it's, it's not like you're in there forever and that you have to fight like a wolf until the day you die. You just have to survive for a little bit and you're still willing to throw it all mm. away for it. But do yeah, you? I mean, it's a, what like, do you mean? D- does anybody get out of this prison? Because we never get yeah, any actual evidence of that. <laughs> well, I would like, hope. <laughs> like, Trimagasi is like, yeah, my other roommate got out. That's what happened to him. I didn't eat him. He just, he went home. Well, he also kind of like chuckles when the guy says he's only here for six months or something, right? He's like, yeah. I'm, I've been here for 10. I was supposed to be out like four months ago, too, or something like that. I, yeah, I, he, I don't think he outrightly says it, but it's definitely like heavily implied that he's like, yeah, I'm supposed to serve 18 months here or something. And then he lists when he lives when he's listing off the number of floors he's been on. It's like, you know, here's floor number 17, floor number 18, floor number 19, floor number 20. And it's like, oh, you've well, been that's here just, a long time. That's just a bad business model then because you don't have anybody who can give you testimonials for your, your, uh, uh, it, not uh, 9 p.m. Uh, infomercial that you're playing to get people yeah. to sign up. I want to see this stuff. guy's face on the billboards just saying, come to El Hoyo. <laughs> you know, I was, I was thinking, you know what's interesting? They, they don't have a character in this who perceives they're moving up as though they did something, or they perceives they're moving of floors as though they did something right or wrong. Like, it's, it seems to be everybody acknowledges and knows that it is not a merit-based system whatsoever. Yeah, they know the game, be, is, you know, game is rigged, too. Yeah. yeah, I was kind of expecting someone to be like, when he when uh, the main guy wakes up on, like, level six or whatever, I was expecting him to have a roommate who's like, oh, my God, I finally made it to six. I must have done something right. I had a bad month last month, which is why they probably dropped me down to level 100, you know, something like that, who's, like, who's almost become... Like the prison is now God to some extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah like you a know? religiosity sort of thing. Yeah, where where he thinks that his movement among the the floors is somehow based on how good or bad he's been as as a as a prisoner. The, or, the um the black whatever. guy has a semi conversation about that with the two that he's trying to convince to pull him up a few floors. Yeah, it gets much like apparently all Spanish movies based on the two that we've done, uh, this and Wreck. It eventually gets very, very Catholic around the the, the third act. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, it was inevitable with the like eat of my flesh kind of deal that we, yeah, oh, yeah, that we were yeah. getting. But yeah. they really, they really turned, uh, turned up Jesus to 11. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the poster now and it's platform and text vertically with the platform above. It looks like a little cross actually. So, oh, there you go. You know, yeah. There is. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a whole hell allegory too that they're, they're all dead and they were all bad people, and this is hell. Yeah. Yeah. He was a bad person for wanting to read Don Quixote, because that's a long book, and it's boring. That's <laughs> well, not maybe true. I've he, never read it. <laughs> he wasn't serving society and, like, serving his fellow man. Maybe his goals were selfish for he self-aggrandizing instead of... He never got a diploma. Yeah. He never got a diploma. Certification or whatever they call it, yeah. 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 Never his got his associate's diploma. degree. <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> what? How how great would it have been if it was like, oh, what are you here for? Is it well, if I if I stick it out for six months, I'll get my uh, I'll get my degree. Oh, really? In what? Art history. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> okay. So you're gonna go through literal hell for six months for an art history. That's great. See? That was my problem with the, like, I'm here for my degree argument. Like, I would yeah. have even understood if it was sort of like a, well, you know, my family has debts, and they told me if I come here, right, I paid right. them off. Yeah. Yeah. I That's why that's why I think degree is, like, the wrong word to use, because it seemed, it felt to me more like it was some sort of, like, social contracty type thing, you know, where it's... Uh, it's not so much like a school degree as much as like a stat a papers uh, papers for status or something like that. Yeah, um, something sci fi futury like that. Did they? Yeah, maybe. But I mean, I I don't know if that that for sure. Obviously. They don't announce. Do they have a name for the company in this? Do they call it something? Um, uh, I feel they like they just do. call the people who run it the administration. Administration. Yeah, that's mm. what I'm thinking of. So, yeah, I mean. I, I guess a way to think, like, what do you think the outside world looks like in this world? What is what is outside of this building? Because we see the the top floor seems relatively normal, if authoritarian, in that the the head chef guy is like running around, sort of yelling at people who aren't making the panna cotta the way that he wants it to be. Um, yeah, I mean, does he need a a desperation to go in there? Is he, is he like, a, do I want to help people? I I imagine the outside world is pretty much the same as the in the inside of this tower like i don't i don't i don't i'd have a hard time saying that the world outside is like a um a, a perfect utopia and this is the way that they mm. punish people like that doesn't seem particularly right but at that point he seems very optimistic to be going down into this place like he comes from a happy place so i, I don't really know what the outside world would be or what the purpose of this thing is to in this world if it has a purpose I found myself thinking of Children of Men while I was watching this. Mm. Like, it feels like it sits in that world where there is, it's a, the world is is fairly tumultuous. Um, but it's still but functioning. Still, it's still barely. It's still yeah, functioning. Yeah. And there are still these elements, these kind of hangovers from older society that have this now darker edge like they have those infomercials about the suicide pills and stuff like that i can see an infomercial about this place as a self-help self-help organization following up those commercials very easily yeah yeah it's just the ultimate version of social distancing yeah yeah that's what he's like stay on your side of the room stay on your side of the room what do you know <laughs> no coronavirus up, in, the, in the platform room yeah. what was um I'm kind of thinking of it. We haven't really discussed. So when they steal food or when they hold on to food, the room either gets very hot or very cold to punish them for mm-hmm. holding on to food. Why? Why does that do that? Because they're encouraged to eat all the food that they can. So what's what's wrong with them hoarding it? Uh, I, I think it's probable because if they hoard the food, then they are removing it from the platform so the people below can't get anything right but the, so, the, the this is the architects or the, the the administrators don't care about that though right isn't that the point of the game so i well i i don't know because i feel like the with that mechanism built into it it feels like it and and also based on the way the woman talks about it it feels like the initial design 
is meant so that everybody gets the food that they need. However, it doesn't work that way in practice because of human the engineers who have drawn this up they're like gentlemen we've designed the best prison uh self you know self-improvement system ever this will punish people who don't learn to share and then they just look at the first floor and the people just shoving food in their mouth they're like fuck (laughs) we did not we did not think well see i i that's one thing i I don't know i don't know how you guys feel about this but i i don't know if i needed a little bit more of is there any control or like who is watching this? Because I feel like my, my thought process is like the design of this is clearly at the top. Like it's at level negative one or something like that. It's higher than everything else. And so the, the, the thought process going into this place is probably more honest that they probably do think that this is some sort of self-help thing. Um, but they're just not taking into account the reality of what's going on. So like conceptually, this idea that you're moving people from different levels and whatnot and kind of gives them a taste of what it is to, you know, blah, 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 probably conceptually seems like a great idea until you realize that, oh, wait, but if the food is, if people are, everybody below low, level 50 is like a ravenous animal, that's really going to put some some kinks in the, in the situation here. Yeah. Um, so I... That's one that's one thing where it's like, do you guys feel like there should have been a little bit more uh idea of who's running the prison, who number one is for the sake of argument? Well, there is there's one thing that I actually find really that I found really interesting that sort of made me think about it in a different way. When um the woman with the dog mm-hmm. uh who is sort of positioned as somebody who maybe knows a little bit more about how this is like quote unquote supposed to work. Mm -hmm. Um, she keeps talking about, Oh my God, how does she phrase it? It like, like spontaneous solidarity or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of made me think, and, and like, like she even sort of hints to the main character, like, well, maybe that's why you're here. And given that he had to apply to be allowed in and that they have these sort of like almost like dual populations of of inmates of like, all right, these people have done something bad to end up here. And then these other people have voluntarily entered because they're trying to earn something good. Mm. Like the whole thing to me started to read as like a social experiment. Like maybe the administration was sort of like they were monitoring things and letting things devolve however they would because the point of this, whatever you want to call it, self-regulation facility or prison or whatever is less to uh, reform prisoners or improve humans. And it's more about studying like human psychology and social behaviors under extreme pressure. All right. Yeah, I would. I'd believe that. I think um, you've actually inspired to me. I, I do know what kind of uh, world is outside of this prison. Um, <laughs> what kind? I I think it's a totalitarian communist regime above it, and this mm. prison is a training platform where they are saying you have to learn to share, and everyone gets equal out of this. And there's no nothing is to be gained by people taking more than they deserve except their experiment 
keeps running into human nature of people who take things. So their their training program is not very effective because it just kind of shows you the weakness of both systems of like human cooperation and their totalitarianism on top of it. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, I can. I'm just kind of. I'm obviously spitballing, but I could see it as a kind of <laughs> training system to try to show people what spontan. Uh, what, what does she call it? Spontaneous solidarity. solidarity. That sounds yeah. like very propagandic communist stuff yeah it does. so but yeah. i i i don't think it's communist though because of the way um trimagasi reacts when when uh goreng is talking early in the movie about about sharing and rationing and he's sort of like you're not a communist are you like that's the worst thing you could be yes well because he reflects the worst oh. part of human nature at that point. And he, True. his greed is rejecting the fact that you can share in this universe. Hmm. That's a good point. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, do- I, I like this movie. I think it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, there's, I think there's a lot of layers to it, but it's, it's funny because it's almost disguised by such a blunt metaphor. Like the, when you first watch right. it, like the metaphor is so stupid and blunt. It's like, I can't yeah. believe this is what we're going to do. <laughs> but once you start to think about it, I think there's actually more going on under the surface than you're, you're led to believe initially. I yeah, think, exactly. I think that's true. I, I definitely, when I watch this movie, like the whole metaphor and the symbolism of, of the platform and the food and everything it felt really on the nose to me. And when... <laughs> When they get down to um, the level with the little girl, and it's uh, it's it's level three three three, and if there are two inmates per level, that's six six six. And I was just oh, like, yes. "Come on, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me?" I didn't even I didn't even catch that, but yeah. That's oh, it played. made me so mad. Let's wrap it up with a discussion of them descending. So him and I, I Baharat and uh, yes. Goreng, who make their way down. Uh, cracking skulls and just yeah, <laughs> yeah, kicking they ass went, and taking names. They went from zero to high violence real quick. I think yeah. Baharat seems uh, like the guy that you you go in with like on a group project or something, and then he turns out to be fucking nuts, and you don't realize until you're in the project <laughs> that he's insane. And it's like you know, it's like we have to paint a picture, and he's like, let's use human blood, and you're like, oh Jesus, Baharat, like let's tone it down. It's a little bit of a, a little bit of a loose can, but th- them going down, I think, is fine. I was a little bit distracted by the pace that the thing goes down. It feels like it would take you three weeks to get to the bottom. I had the right, same yeah. note. I was like, there, there is no way this one platform is feeding all of these people in a single twenty-four hour period. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to. I mean, I, I'm not equipped to do the math, but you'd have to do the math to see how many seconds it would be able to stay per level if there's 333 levels. Right, and then add into the, the time. It almost takes as long to descend because it's not a quick descent. It just slowly right, floats right. down. Yeah, And then yeah. the other thing to just talk about is um, just the girl at the bottom. I didn't, mm. I didn't like the girl at the bottom. I didn't like the bottom. <laughs> I didn't like really him walking off at the bottom because it, to me, it, it just felt like they were flailing for meaning at that point and i don't know if i needed it and i don't know if i thought that it was like the like the the whole panicata thing she is the message i don't i don't know if that's really true to what the rest of the movie was it felt like just a way to end it yeah i i i liked the going down aspect of it i thought that was that was cool um and i i i liked how i liked the 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 steps that it took as well where it like 
it it turns into it starts as this 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 one element, and then once they meet this. Uh, uh, older man who Baharat apparently knows. I don't know if they were previous cell buddies or whatever, but he's sort of like this uh, sage who then gives them this more like uh, more of a uh, pilgrimage sort of yeah. element to it where it's like they're now protecting something special. Mm. There's a I meaning to I, the journey. Yeah. I think I kind of would have preferred it if they got to the bottom if there was no girl and he did just leave the uh, panacotta and have the panacotta go back up um but yeah i feel like it's like once you get down to the bottom it's i don't really know what you do when you get there <laughs> assuming yeah. assuming he doesn't assuming they don't go through that bottom level and it's just like a lava pit or something right. <laughs> <I> no <don't> <laughs> obviously he's not getting out of there um, I mean, they could have done the thing where he makes it to the bottom, has some sort of realization, and then he's the one going back up, and like that's the last thing you see is him going up or whatever with the panacotta in his hand or some shit. Um, yeah, I don't really know what you do. I, I felt like by the time they got to the bottom, it's like, eh, all right, well, they just got to end the movie, so here you go. Took me. In- yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, just, just um, like given the sort of symbolism, especially how like heavy on the like Christian or catholic imagery it started getting at the end it was sort of like if you bring this character all the way to the bottom of this like hellish pit after he has like murdered people and cannibalized them and done all this stuff like he can't go back up like morally Mm. speaking and like socially speaking like he has his his like moral character or whatever you want to call it like his decisions have led him down a very a very dark path he's like degraded to an extent that he's not like the message anymore he's not the thing that's going to fix things he's seen Uh, he's seen the worst because as he goes further down obviously the situation he's done the worst yeah yeah (laughs) well i i think if you want to if you really want to lay a slather message onto the ending here it's essentially the, I believe the children are the future, basically, yeah. right? Yeah, Where it's yeah kind the, of. The, 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 ch- the child is at the bottom level, so the child is getting the worst of all of the actions of everybody else. <laughs> so him going to the bottom it's and putting her on the thing to send her back up is this, you know. She doesn't give this, him a slice th- of panna cotta at the end, does she? No, she really yeah. doesn't. Okay. No. <laughs> I was like, did I did I just shut my eyes for a moment there and miss where she's like, take half of my peanut butter sandwich, and he's like, I've taught the yeah. next generation. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's yeah. the, that's the best I can do, uh, message wise, of like what they're trying to get at. Where it's it's yeah, mister mis- the stuff that the 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 older generations are doing is causing the the uh, younger generation to be brought up in the worst possible situation. So it's up to him to get them out of that. Yeah. I think that ties into my, the bluntness of the metaphor you think at the start, that's the solution to it. And I'm I'm just not impressed by it at that, you know, like I, yeah, me neither. Yeah. 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 Yeah, This whole movie's like moral is like, fuck the boomers. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) It's also, it's also, um, all it, it makes me think of, uh, ski lifts here because it took me a surprisingly long time when the the wind that they feel in the middle of the night is the platform going back up right super yes. super quick yeah. 
It just reminded me of ski things where like when you get on a ski lift, you see it coming down real fast and then it gets on the new chain so that you can sit down comfortably. Like yes. when they're going down, it's very slow, but when it has to actually get somewhere, it just rockets off into space and you're you're fine in a couple seconds. Yeah, you, you, I every time I do it, I'm I'm worried that I'm just gonna get like a baseball bat in the back of the right, knees because that thing's coming you down, so fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's it's very gentle. Spoken but, uh, like some privileged white people who have the money to go skiing. That's right. Oh, I hate I hate skiing. That's that's how privileged I am. I I do it, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I've, I've done it like five times in my life. Uh, Amanda, the, when you said the message is fuck the boomers, I, it occurred to me, he's the youngest guy in the, that you see. There's, you don't see anybody in there who's like 20. The child. Yeah. Everybody the child, else is older than him. Yeah. Well, as, aside from her. Yeah. But everybody else, I think age-wise, you could probably argue that the, uh, the crazy knife woman. Uh, Miharu. Yeah. She's probably maybe around the same age, but uh, um, ge- generally he's the youngest person that you see. How much do yeah. you think uh, dirt plays into that? When you when you're real dirty, you look old. True. <laughs> it's, it's, true. It's, <laughs> like I, you said that with such authority. Never, never so seen like, never seen never uh. seen an attractive homeless person. <laughs> That's why. That's why when your when your kids come out from come in from playing outside, you're like, oh, they grew up so fast. Grew up so fast. <laughs> These ninety year olds who live in my house. That's true. Oh, they do have a rule. There's no children. They say under sixteen or something, right? There's no, yeah, no children yeah. are supposed to be allowed. Yeah, you think you'd run into some eighteen year olds, but I. At the same time, I guess I'm kind of glad they avoid. I do like that the movie chose a path, and it wasn't like I'm going to touch on every topic that's here. Yeah. Like we don't I need was, the voice of the youth telling us something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like there's a longer version of this movie where, I mean, there's so many different levels of kinds of people you could throw in. Like, yeah, throw in like a 19 year old who's just like, man, I just thought it would be funny to do. And I made a huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> my dad's on, on level, my dad's yeah. on level three and he tells me I'm going to be on level two one day or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be down for that. I think they smartly avoid that kind of stuff. Like the, yeah. Even to the amount that you meet different characters, I think that it moves rapidly enough to hold my interest and to show me enough of this world. And yeah, I think he's so. only got three roommates, right? He's got the old man, right. the woman, and then Baharat at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that, that feels appropriate. Part of me did kind of wish when they, when they rode, when he and the little girl ride the platform all the way down to the bottom, like part of me wished that, they just came out into like a very normal cafeteria or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked. Like some... I was shocked it didn't end in the kitchen that you see at the start of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. kind of was like, I don't know. I don't know if I would have liked that, but I kind of just like part of me was like, oh man, they're gonna get down there and there's gonna be a bunch of dishwashers with like bins to take all those glasses away, and they're just gonna be like, uh, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I I would have gone I would have gone completely bonkers with it and he gets down to the bottom. Yeah, and he ends up in the kitchen of a hotel and it's at that point you realize that he's the person who shoots Robert Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Cuz no, but like cuz that's the thing. Like you get to the point where it's like you either got to do something the way they did it and just end it yeah. or just completely throw the ball out the window. Yeah. 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 It's it's I I uh you know, I I found myself thinking about The Prisoner, the TV show. As I was watching this, um, and I feel like they were kind of in the same dilemma as that show was, where it's like you get to a point where you either have to, you know, try to pay off some stuff, or you just take it, take a left turn, 
And they yes. chose to kind of like not do either of those. And they just like, eh, blah, 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 and they just kind of end the movie. I'm, yeah, it's I'm like glad. the J.J. Abrams conundrum. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad they held off on any pseudo, really any like pseudo magical spiritual stuff until the very end. I can I can tell you what I'm super happy they didn't do because it's the other thing that annoyed the hell out of me in, in Snowpiercer is uh, he doesn't get down to the bottom and then like someone comes walking out and he goes, oh, you've finally made it. Let me tell you what this was all about. Yeah. You know, the architect like, doesn't he appear, doesn't George Carlin. Yeah, doesn't he doesn't pop meet out. the architect. I when I after I watched Snowpiercer, I made my I made a cousin of mine super mad. I was it was at a uh, Christmas, and uh, he loved Snowpiercer, and I and I was like, I don't know, it just kind of felt like the Matrix on a train to me, like to the point where it's like, oh, he wakes up, he goes, ah, the, the, the train is using the people for fuel, and then he meets the architect and stuff. He was very upset, um, <laughs> very upset when I said that. And then my mother came over, and uh, she was like, what are you guys talking about? And uh, my cousin's brother goes, Snowpiercer. And she goes, oh, I've never seen that. And then he says, ah, it's just, it's just Matrix on a train. <laughs> he was very upset at both of us after that. <laughs> Excellent, uh, excellent conversational structure, though, and the perfect ping-ponging of jokes back and forth. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have anything else to say about this one. Should we wrap it up with some final thoughts? Um, sure. I, when I posted this on Patreon, I was like, here's three shitty sci-fi horror movies, and I'm not particularly <laughs> excited about any of them, but they're the first ones that came up, and there's not a tremendous amount of sci-fi horror, really. Um, and I guess this, this, I would consider this a sci-fi well, is this horror movie, I guess, uh, to you two. You can answer that when you get to it. But mm. um, I was pleasantly su- surprised by this one. I I think structurally its biggest thing is that it holds together for the full 90 minutes and it doesn't leave me like just tapping my feet after 30 minutes until I get to the end. Right, yeah. And yeah. I like the sort of commentary on stuff. I like that it's broad enough where you can look at different aspects of it and sort of think about it. And it, it's smothered by the sort of heavy-handed metaphor, but I think you can dig under that, and there's actually more interesting stuff in it. And I was surprised. I, I liked this one. I, it was a pleasant surprise and a good movie, I thought. Amanda? Amanda. <laughs> um, yeah, like like I said at the top of this, I disliked this less than I thought I would. Well, sorry to interrupt you, but I just realized that the order of people giving their final thoughts is like us eating all the opinions and throwing down the scraps. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm going to shit on both your faces in a second. So. Too bad. You're at the bottom. Am I, though? I haven't yes. farted in two days for this one, Clay. <laughs> building up. Sorry. Go ahead. I interrupted you. <laughs> That's fine. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I I do agree, especially after talking to you guys about it, that maybe despite the heavy-handed metaphor, there is like more to it than I expected. Um, mm. And I was very grateful that it was only about an hour and a half long. Yep. Um, yes, yeah. I appreciated the fact that each character was kind of having their own, like, experience and plot line. Like... Trimagasi had this whole thing going on before Goring comes in and like mm-hmm. Baharat when they're descending like runs into a couple different people that he's had to deal with in the past Yeah, and like I appreciated that that it was like you know like Miharu had kind of her entire own movie going on off screen um, 
So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, you know what I like I about Trimagasi is what? when he when he cribs uh, can't get no satisfaction. He's like a man came on the radio, <laughs> told me how <laughs> white my shirts could be. Give me a knife. As I was like, oh, this is that. I was that was another moment where I was worried about where it was going to go and be like, is this guy just going to be like? You know, eventually is Chimagasi or whatever his name is just gonna be like consumer capitalism is the bane of all existence. And I'm going to kill you right. with this device that was given to me through <laughs> consumer capitalism. Yeah, I, I think kind of related to that statement, the best thing I can say about this movie is that it doesn't fall into like the easy the easy choices or the kind of cliched options that it has. It does try to do something different, which I did appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, I I like it cuz I think the characters um live beyond the metaphor cuz I think it would be very easy for like you're saying and I think we all kind of thought going into it that it was just going to be like here's the metaphor this is just what we're going to do you're here for 90 minutes and you're going to get bored doing the same thing and they kind of it's going to stay within the boundaries of this one idea but I think the characters are well drawn enough um like you're saying Amanda that they they all kind of live within this metaphor but they also kind of live outside of it as well and kind of bring their own mm-hmm. stories to the table which i really liked um as far as is it a horror movie uh would i it would i say this is eligible for the rotten horror picture show list probably no yeah. um i would say more sci-fi probably sci-fi thriller than sci-fi horror there's not a ton of it's not really a lot of horror in this except for except for when he gets tied to the bed and these guys start cutting his skin off. Yeah. But, I, although I was, um, it's because it always feels like when it's not sci-fi horror, people go, it's a sci-fi thriller, but I don't know if I'd call it a mm-hmm. thriller either. So it's, yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess thriller just because there's, I, th- violence, I yeah. guess it's, it seems like an easy fallback, but yeah, I don't even know if I would call it a thriller, but I would definitely call it a science fiction movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, a did science we all agree that action drama? Did we all agree that horror needs sci a um, supernatural element? Is there a horror movie you can think of that doesn't have a supernatural element to it? Um, I can't. I think we had this conversation on how did we fall on Scream? Because Scream doesn't, and Sc- I would call Scream a horror movie. Mm. Or is, is that where we split? Do you not think Scream would be a horror movie? Who me? Uh, Wes. Sorry. Okay. That's. <laughs> um, that's interesting. Are there any other slashers where the killer is not supernatural? Oh, plenty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's an example of one? Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, the Burning. Uh, the first night, the first Friday the Thirteenth. Arguably, the second Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's interesting? I I think about this a lot. With Scream in in particular, not I don't mean to bogart the conversation and go into the horror realm, but um, I've noticed that the '90s horror boom is really a '90s like murder mystery boom. Yeah, yeah, and it it's, kind of it's, is. It's closer to a giallo boom than it is a, a slasher boom because the giallo movies in, in Italy are very much uh, there's a killer killing a bunch of people, usually mostly women, but not exclusively women. And uh, it's always a whodunit where it's like you never see the face of the killer until the end and there's some sort of like Scooby-Doo moment. Would you say that I know what what you did last summer is a horror movie? And if not, (laughs) what makes it different from Scream? 
I would Clay, say, Clay would say that it's barely a movie. Yes, I would say it's barely a movie. Um, but I would I would put that in a, as a, I would say that's a horror movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I probably break there then. But now, by yeah, by my definition, I probably wouldn't say that Scream is a horror movie at that point. Um, would I? I don't know. But it's uh, I mean it's so steeped in it's steeped in the tropes horror though. Yeah, but I that's what I was I, gonna say. There's there's like the stylistic choices and the sort of genre trappings that a lot of movies have that kind of signal to you as a viewer, this is a horror movie. But I would not say I, mean, I know you what could... you did last summer is a horror movie. I would say that like that to me seems like a thriller there. And I don't really know what the difference is because they're one's just a worse version of the other almost. Right. <laughs> well, I think, I think that's what's difficult because I know what you did last summer is very much using the slasher tropes and, and like uh, dressing but yeah, it's it is more of like a whodunit thriller, and that's that's sort of what I was I'm getting at is is that there's this weird blend mm-hmm. um, of murder mystery that basically murder mystery started with like Psycho, then it went to Italy, and then it came back to America and went through the American uh, filter and turned into slasher movies. Mm. Um, like, because I mean, I think you could I, I think you could argue that. Uh, Halloween doesn't have any supernatural elements to it. The original, uh, he gets shot at the unnatural. End yeah, but you know it, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's a tenuous argument argument, but I think you could make it. That he, I just think yeah, that there's he's no, supernatural. There's no direct uh, either no, way. Yeah, I don't think there's no direct supernatural element involved it's not like it turns out he's a ghost or something like he is as far as it's it's portrayed in the movie he's just a guy who seems to be extraordinary but there's no like label put on it sure to 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 bring it back to the platform i think one we've already jumped off the platform i know and we're we're climbing down the middle of the hole climbing back on the platform it missed modern it missed modern sensibility where like Ben Shapiro makes an appearance and like you've been deplatformed and (laughs) (laughs) you platformed everyone everyone in that everyone in that prison has been kicked off Twitter and Facebook yeah (laughs) that's that's their crime (laughs) oh my god but I was just say that um I, I think one of the elements of this movie that made it sort of edge a little bit towards horror for me, like not that I think it is a horror movie, but like one of the elements that got it closer was that he hallucinates his dead uh, cellmates. Sure. Yeah. Like where I think there's that kind of like, and you do at times question like, is he purely just hallucinating or is there like something else going on? Like, you could kind of like toe that line a little bit. I think if you took that out, this would be very like straight up just a sci-fi movie with a lot of violence. Yeah, yeah. I think there's I think there's room for a psychological horror. Whether or not you want to push that definition yeah. far enough and be like, this is bizarre enough to fit into there. I I, I wouldn't argue yeah, against that. Yeah, it's more that, like Saw. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's a good example of a horror movie that is not supernatural. Well, he's. He's like right. Mega Man in his supernatural ability to build things, I guess. But <laughs> and yeah. he just keeps coming back from the dead, kind of. Like. Yeah, it's no more supernatural than any Batman villain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true, He's just the Riddler. Horror. Yeah, basically, yeah. Hey, we should, uh, you guys should do the Saw series. I, I always like the Saw series for whatever reason. I like the first one. Oh, if, if the first one's Well, good. hey, 
we hit that $800 mark and we'll do whatever you guys want. That's right. How many Saw movies are there? There's probably 20 of them at this point. Oh, God. There's Uh, so many at this point. At least six, I think. Saw franchise. There is. It's an American horror franchise. There are. Burying the lead. See the list of films. There are. Six, seven, eight, nine. Nine of them. Oh, God. Wow. Well, is that including Spiral, which has yet to come out? It is. So there's numbered all the way to six. Then there's the final chapter, Jigsaw, and Spiral. Hmm. Well, if there are any very vehement Saw fans out there, let us know. This is shocking. When did... did, uh, Maybe it's not that. So when do you think the first Saw movie came out? What year? 2005. Four. When, when ah. did Saw 6 come out? Uh, 2010. 20, 2009. That's the, they they wow. changed a lot of movies into five years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I thought they were doing one every year, but I didn't realize that they did six of them in five years. Yeah, yeah. And then... Have, have you guys... Did you guys watch... Either of you watch The Venture Brothers... Not really. No, not not outside of being at the condo, I think. Mm. <laughs> There's I just brought it up cuz there is an episode where the B plot is sort of a um a, a saw homage and it's very ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would like to do I I would be interested in that. I I uh I really enjoyed the first one. First one's good. Um, first one's a good yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah, the first one is good. Yeah. Also has Wesley from Princess Bride and anything that's anything true. Reason, oh. I appreciate. And I guess it kicked and off the, Lee Winnell's uh, or Lee Winnell's, however you pronounce his name, career too. James Wan as well, who's been doing stuff at this. Yeah. Point. Oh, I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, the other guy who's in the who's in the cell with him is the director of The Invisible Man. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. All right. I guess we're done talking about the platform. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being patrons. Welcome to all the new patrons. Welcome to all the old patrons. Thank you for listening. Let us know what you thought about the platform. And this is it. This thing is going to disappear into the ether like cake on the 17th level of the platform. <laughs> and no one else will be able to eat it after you've been done. So I think it's inappropriate. Yeah. Is there like, is do you notice like what food makes it where it's like the cake starts to make it to like lower and lower levels because people are just like shitting their brains the out? Es- the escargot is untouched. Stuff? By the time it makes it. That's true. Yeah. 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 His little snail. Have you guys ever had escargot? Not interested. Yes, I have. Is it good? It's delicious. Mm. Well, I mean, some nice butter. It's it's real good. (laughs) I mean, the the chef preparing them just poured liquid butter all over them. I I assume that's that's, (laughs) that's what it takes. Seriously. It's the uh, insect version of corn. All right. That's it. We're done (laughs) with the platform. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you later. All right, so that was the platform. There uh, it was. Amazing insight, Amanda. Thank you. You as well. I, I had some great points. Wes had some yes. great points. The thing about the part where he said the was, stuff? Ver- was very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's going to do it for the platform. Uh, thank you for listening to this special Rotten Heart Picture Show edition. And join us next time when we cover number 60, back on track with our normal episodes, which yes. is a movie called The Innocents. which is very fun. All right, see you guys. Bye.